Good morning and welcome to Green Tea Conversations, the radio show that delves into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine to bring you the local experts who share their progressive ideas and the latest information and insights needed so you can lead your best life. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine, and I am honored to bring these experts to you. Today on the show, we welcome wellness life coach Reagan Balzer of Seeing Extra in the Ordinary. Welcome to the show, Reagan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I am super excited to be here and to talk with you today. Um, every time I start a coaching session, I always start with a moment of gratitude. So I just want to express my gratitude and appreciation to you for welcoming me and having me on your show today. And I, too, would like to express my gratitude to you because Reagan is just a really remarkable person who I've known for many years now. And so we're going to do full disclosure. Reagan and I worked together when I worked in higher education, Mm -hmm. and uh, we have just reconnected here recently after having not worked together now for several years. I think it's been like six years. Mm And it's always so great to reconnect with people who were in our lives before and get to come back in in a different way. Yes. So I'm extremely grateful for that as well. Yes. It's so fun to see how things kind of come full circle. You know, we, you and I worked together and we were on completely different journeys than both of us are on right now. And you actually, I shared with you a couple, the last time we connected that you actually planted a seed in my heart that has kind of led me to this entire journey and where I'm at now. So um, you planted a seed in my heart a while ago and and now here I am. So oh, thank you. That is so sweet. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that always means a ton to me. Yeah. So Let's talk about what you are doing today. So you are a wellness life coach. What put you on that journey? What kind of brought you to doing it today? Yeah. So, you know, like I I just mentioned, you know, you had kind of planted the seed in my heart um, several years ago. And at the time, um, I was really kind of struggling with just where I was at in life. And I was struggling with um, going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, and just really not feeling like I was living up to my fullest potential, but didn't really know how or where to go to make changes. And you had shared with me your experience with life coaching. And I, I looked into it at the time, and it was just something that wasn't feasible um, for me and my family at that time. And Then the idea and the concept came up um, a couple of different times throughout the years after we had that conversation. And then through a really spiritual and divine set of experiences that I had late last summer, it was really placed on my heart again to look at life coaching. And so I dug in and I found a program that really met my needs and um, my circumstance. And I, I started the program. And I can tell you, Candy, with 100% conviction, 
I am exactly where I'm supposed to be at this exact moment in time, doing what I know that I've been called to do. And there's just a real sense of peace and happiness and contentment to know that you're just, you're doing what you've been called to do. And I, you know, I've struggled a lot in my life with just feeling like I'm making a difference or that I'm living up to my fullest potential or, you know, I think women are really, really deep emotional beings. And we often, because of that, we often struggle with feelings of inadequacy, comparison, not doing things the way that we think we should be doing and but yet not having the energy and the focus and the time to do everything that we feel placed on our shoulders. And I finally feel like I have that kind of figured out. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm a hot mess sometimes still. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that for the most part, I've, I finally found that sweet spot. And I really want to help other women find that as well, because I spent so much of my life feeling discontented, unease, not peaceful, just kind of struggling with the mundaneness and the pressures of life. And I just want to help other people maybe not struggle as much as as I went through. So it's kind of why where I'm at and how I got here. You know, it's really great. I love what you're saying and the story that you're telling, and it kind of leads me into a couple of other things. So yeah. uh, one thing is you you mentioned, you know, I'm still kind of a hot mess. And I always like to remind people when you're looking for a life coach, never find a life coach who tells you that they have it all figured out. And now yeah. they're going to, and now they're going to, you know, tell, bestow upon <laughs> you all of their life experiences because None of us have it all figured out. We're figuring it out as we go along. And what what life coaching does is it really helps give you tools to help you be able to get through life and get through hard times and get through great times in a different way. And you just have more of a plan. And and that's what a life coach can help you to do. Yeah. And and I think uh, to add on to that, it's, it's more of having somebody else dig in to figure out how to get you there and give you the tools and the resources to so that when you do come against challenges or struggles or unexpected things that crop up instead of going completely haywire and off the rails you kind of have the you have the tools and the resources to navigate through those challenges and keep going and and not be overcome or exhausted or set you know, back in any way, you just kind of roll with them and, and move on past them. And I haven't, I haven't always had that experience. You know, there's been times in my life where I've experienced challenges that have completely derailed me and um, didn't have the mental stamina or the capacity to endure those challenges. And I think, as I look back now, I wish I would have had the skills and the tools and the resources that I have available now to help me through those challenges. Because I think, I, A, the challenge would have been less, you know, um, I, I could have come through it a little bit easier, but also I could have saved myself a lot of heartbreak, 
heartbreak and struggle in that process. And you did it, dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You're yeah. Here with yeah. us today, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I've got a lot of scars to prove it, and I. <laughs> As and we the, all do. <laughs> and the gray hairs to match. So, yes. <laughs> you know, another thing that you mentioned was, you know, about coming home every day, going to work every day, coming home, going to work every day. And I think, I think, um, especially as we're younger, when we're starting our families and, and our kids are in school, that just becomes such a, a part of life, right? We're just so busy taking care of other people and we're so busy just getting through the day to day, but then Surviving. we get to a certain age when our yeah. kids don't need us as much. And mm -hmm. even if they haven't left the home, if they're still like teenagers and they're like, okay, you can chill. I don't, you know, I don't need mm -hmm. you to be with me every moment. Um, I think that's when a lot of us and especially a lot of women, but it, it happens to men as well, but a lot of women who are like, wait a minute, you know, so what am I supposed to be doing now? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think we get, um, again, sorry guys, but, uh, I, I typically focus on the females. Um, I think we get so caught up with our identities being attached to who our kids are and what our work is and who we think we're supposed to be that we lose our spirit sometimes in the process. And so when we do get to that point in our life where our kids aren't dependent upon us, they tolerate us um, and, <laughs> and tolerate us being involved in their lives for a period of time. Um, I think that we start to think about, well, who am I? And what am I doing? And I'm no longer, you know, such and such mother. I'm no longer a soccer mom. I'm no longer a cheer mom. And so now what am I? And um, I think that there's a period of time where we start to, we kind of transition um, between, between what we were when our kids were more dependent upon us and we were shuttling them from activity to activity to this more independent and and, and sometimes that's hard to do. And sometimes, especially when our identity is tied so closely to what that was at, at that time in our life, or even to our jobs that we're, you know, committed to. And so just really getting in touch with who we are as individuals and what speaks to our hearts and speaks to our souls and really be feeling like, you have the ability and the capacity to seek and find and explore whatever it is that you want to bring into your life. And I think a lot of times we don't feel like we have that ability or that capacity to bring that into our lives. And so um, it's important for us to, because I think we're worth it. And um, we're worth living a life filled of joy and happiness and, and goodness. And our hearts deserve that. So, Exactly. Well, we're going to go into a break now. But for people okay. who want to learn more about what Reagan does, visit seeingextraintheordinary.com. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we will be right back.
Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're talking with wellness life coach Reagan Balzer of Seeing Extra in the Ordinary. So I love the name of your business, Reagan. And I know you have had a blog for a couple of years and you've used kind of that same same wording in your blog as well. But tell us a little bit about how you came up with the name. So it's seeing extra in the ordinary. And I think that sometimes we forget how many blessings that we have in our lives. And because of the ordinariness of our lives, it's really hard to focus on the blessings that we have because Again, when you're caught up in that monotony of day after day, rat race, busyness, it's sometimes hard to slow down and just look around and look at the tender mercies of the Lord or the blessings or the goodness in people. And so my entire hope with when I originally set up my blog was to just spread goodness, um, to encourage people to just slow down to take a couple of deep breaths, really live present in the moment, and to recognize the extra in our ordinary lives. And when we stop to pay attention to those things, we find that there really is a lot of goodness. I think it's easy, easy for us to get distracted with the noise and the ugliness that goes on around us. I know I struggle with that personally. It's easy when you're scrolling through your social media feeds just to feel like everything is just, you know, everything is just ugly and there's a lot of bad things that are going on in the world. And, and so my entire focus was to try to, at least in my circle or sphere of influence, to try to spread goodness and show people that there really is there really are things to be grateful for in your life. And there really are wonderful things around us. If we just take a couple of minutes, slow down and just pay attention and be present in the moment. So that's kind of where the name originated from seeing extra in the ordinary. And it's just seeing the extra in, in our day-to-day lives. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And it, and it really is a cornerstone of what you do with your, in your coaching, um, cultivating yeah. an attitude of gratitude. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about that a bit. Oh, good. Cause I love talking about gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to talk about gratitude. <laughs> yes. Yes. 100%. I truly am. I had an experience a, a couple of months ago where someone asked me if you could talk uninterrupted for 20 minutes, what topic would you talk on? And hands down, it would be gratitude. (laughs) So how do you use it with your clients? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, I start every one of our, every one of my coaching sessions with a moment of gratitude. And I invite my client to share with me one or two things that they are currently grateful for in that particular moment. And then um, as we go through the coaching session, they'll share, you know, different things with me. And then at the end, I always 
thank them for working through the coaching process with me during that call. And I always say, you know, that they started with sharing something that they're grateful for, and I'm going to return the favor to them. And then I, I conclude the session with just a moment of gratitude back to them. Um, when you start any kind of conversation with people, or even just in your daily lives, when you can take a minute to open up your heart to gratitude, it really just opens the mind and the heart to being receptive. And um, it brings just a little, you, your body can't house the emotion of gratitude and anger and resentment and animosity at the same time. Those two emotions can't reside in your body at the same time. And so when you take a moment just to express your gratitude and appreciation for whatever it is at that exact moment, you eliminate or alleviate that anger, animosity, or negative emotions that you might be feeling at that time. And then I also like to encourage my clients to practice gratitude. Practicing gratitude daily, it has such a an amazing transformational effect on your entire countenance. And so I have a personal experience and story with that. And so um, I, I encourage them, they don't have to do it. You know, there's nothing in the coaching agreement that says that if Reagan gives you a, a, a challenge to practice gratitude that you have to do it. But I do think that it opens them up to being more receptive to being coachable, and being more receptive and open to change and opportunities. One of the things that I often find or I hear from people is, you know, I started a gratitude practice and I just didn't keep up with it because I I felt like I didn't have the time to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you get so sidetracked on other things. Mm -hmm. So how do you help people to overcome kind of that feeling of I don't have the time? Yeah, well, I think we make it harder than it needs to be. (laughs) Um, I think like we do everything else, right? We always make overthink it. (laughs) Yes. Overthink it. So I always encourage my clients to just buy themselves a cute little notebook that they love, like something that they just really feel is like their own and special to them and keep it out in a prominent place, either on their coffee table, on their nightstand, um, by their computer And just engage in the simple practice of writing down three to five things every single day that they're grateful for. And again, I think sometimes we make this hard because we we think we have to come up with something really profound every single day. And actually, that's not necessarily the case. Um, You could write something as simple as, I am grateful for a great parking spot at Walmart today so that I could just run in and get what I needed and run out real quickly. That's something to be grateful for. But then you can also shift that into something that has a little bit more depth and meaning and and sustenance behind it. But I think we get caught up in this idea that it has to be profound or really lengthy and it doesn't. Um, Just simply writing down five things every single day that you're grateful for. And when you start to do that, you initially might find that you're repeating a lot of the same things, 
I'm grateful for my spouse. I'm grateful for, you know, a roof over my head. But when you start to really think about the things that you're grateful for, your appreciation for those things becomes more, it becomes deeper. It's not just, I'm grateful for a house. I'm grateful for shelter that provides safety and comfort to me. Does that make sense? So it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit more deeper. But the wonderful thing about gratitude is that when you're actively practicing gratitude, the desire to need and want and try to accumulate more dissipates. And so what we find is that what we have is enough. And what we also find with that is that once we're practicing gratitude, we find that we have enough, but we find that we get more. It's, it's really interesting because we get more when we're regularly practicing gratitude and being open and receptive. And um, I started practicing gratitude. I think it was back in 2015. And um, it's just part of my daily routine. And I just, it's a priority to me. I know the days that I don't practice gratitude. And I know the days that I do. And I can tell you that my entire disposition is much better on the days that I do practice it as opposed to the days that I don't. That is such a good point. And I know I have used it with my coaching clients as well. Mm -hmm. And in some of the ways that it it makes huge improvements is Mm -hmm. so many times, like if I'm working with a couple, say, who is maybe having some issues that they're trying to work out, we get so tied up in what the other person is doing and what they need to change and how they need to be better that we lose sight of all the wonderful things that they do. We only, we only look at the bad things. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about this in the next segment when we talk about our brain, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it really does. It can make such an enormous change in a relationship when you're actively looking for the positive in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So for whatever reason, and I, I love talking about the brain, so I'm excited for the next segment, but for whatever reason, we as humans will keep a very detailed list of all of the things that are lacking in our lives and or the things that we're missing or the things that aren't meeting our needs. And so when we practice gratitude, we're actually shifting that. And instead of keeping a chronological running list of of things that we're lacking, we actually start to create a, a chrono- chronological list of things that we have in abundance. And it's a different mind shift for sure. And I love that you use that with your with your couples, because it does make a big difference. Your family and the people around you will start to notice your speech is different. You express thanks more willingly. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And we're going to go into a break right now. But for people who want to learn more about Reagan and the work that she does, visit seeing extra in the ordinary.com to read the online version of natural awakenings magazine visit naturaltwincities.com you're listening to green tea conversations on am 950 the progressive voice of minnesota and we will be right back
Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're talking with wellness life coach Reagan Balzer of Seeing Extra in the Ordinary. So, Reagan, just before the break, we were beginning to talk about gratitude. And you said that you recommend to people to write down what they're grateful for every day. Do you find that that's the best way to practice it for what you have done in the past? Yeah, I do. And the reason being is I think that we can think of things that we are grateful for. But when we actually take the time to sit down and physically write those things out on paper, it solidifies it in our brains. And there's tons of research that's been done about the act of actually writing things down to solidify that. And the same holds true with the gratitude. When we sit down to physically write down the things that we're grateful for and recognize them, it solidifies that in your brain and it starts to shift that thinking into more of an abundance mentality. Honestly, it's one of my favorite things to do. And when I first, I mentioned that I started practicing gratitude back in 2015, and I thought it was just going to be this really fun, cute little experience. And I was going to have this great little journal to show for my efforts at the end of the year. And little did I know that it was going to have such a profound impact on my entire well-being and disposition. You know, I look back at my time in my late 30s, early 30s, late 20s, and I was really a pessimistic person. I was kind of a negative thinker. I didn't, I just was just not very happy. And um, when I, I can tell you that practicing gratitude daily, writing it down completely has changed, changed that for me. And I'm much more of an optimistic person. I have stamina to endure the challenges that we talked about. You just have a different entire countenance and disposition to handling life's challenges when, when you physically write it down. I love that because you know, so, so often we tend to forget, right? Yeah. If we're, if we're just thinking it, we yeah. tend to forget. And I used to do this exercise when my son was little, who's now 35. So it's been a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when he was little at different times in his life, I would like write him a letter. Mm-hmm. And those have meant so much to him over mm-hmm. the years. Like when he's found them or come across them, he's like, what is this? And when you mm-hmm. tell him, and that's how I kind of see I do the same thing with goal setting, writing Mm -hmm. it down, making Mm -hmm. sure it's written down, gratitude, making sure Mm -hmm. it's written down. And the other part is, so you're seeing it, you're writing it. So you're doing the kinetic thing as a kinetic learner. And then to also speak it. And so sometimes, and I know I've done this with my husband, like I'll say to him, it's especially profound if you can say it to your spouse about your spouse, right? I'm so grateful to you for you know, that you went out and took care of the lawn today. I know I said I would do that. You know, I really appreciate that you did that. But also sharing with somebody in your life about somebody, about something else you're grateful for. Not necessarily them, but about something else. Because that is just putting it out into the world, putting it out into the universe. And I always say there's something magical about speaking 
Oh, 100%. The biggest lie I tell myself is that I'm going to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, that doesn't happen. And when you write it down, I often think about the future and, and when I'm gone and what legacy am I going to leave for my kids and my grandkids. And I often think about a time in the way, way future, hopefully, when my girls are going through my personal possessions and belongings, and they come across my gratitude journals. What a wonderful legacy that would be for them to be able to look through it and see the things that I was grateful for on a daily basis. And, you know, they're listed in there a lot. They're also not listed in there a lot. And um, so it's just, I kind of think it it's just a cool legacy to leave for them. And who knows, they may never read them. And they may think, oh, this is just mom being her weird self. And that's fine too. But at least they have something to remember me by. Yes. And you also, when you and I were talking about you coming onto the show, you were also yeah. sharing about... And I love how you said this to me. So I'm I'm going to slaughter it now that I'm saying it to you, right? Okay. But (laughs) (laughs) about the idea that everything that you have, no Mm. matter what it is, somebody else is praying for today. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite sayings. I think I might have coined it, although I don't know for sure. I'll I'll take credit for it. But um, (laughs) yeah, you know, the thought that everything that someone somewhere is praying for exactly what you have at this exact moment. And when you can stop to realize that and really think about it, it's kind of humbling because it's like, okay, if you're married and you're unhappy in your marriage and you're praying to get out of your marriage, there's somebody who's praying for a marriage, you know, or if there is somebody who is single, it's just everything that someone somewhere right now is praying for exactly what you have. And when you think in those terms, what you'll find is what you have is usually pretty good. And it just sets you in that mindset of enough. And it it often fills that void of needing or seeking or feeling emptiness or loneliness or whatever emotions you might be dealing with. When you can practice gratitude, as simple as it might be, it has such a big impact. I just can't reiterate that enough just because I, I have experienced it myself. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I think that that is, it's such a great way of looking at things. And, I, and thinking as we're talking, you know, we both raised teenagers. Yeah. It's not always easy to raise a teenager and they're raising us at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you think about like some of the struggles that you may have had with your kids and, and how you can change that in that gratitude to being, you know, how grateful you are for their spiritedness, yeah. right? For, you know, that they're willing to speak up for themselves, that they trust me enough, yeah, that they trust me enough that they know they can say hurtful things to me and I'm still going to love them. Yeah. You know, and it takes away a bit of that sting yeah. <laughs> that teenagers are great at doing with us, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or in any aspect of life, but just taking a look at what does that mean? If I can look at this situation a little differently and look at it from another person's perspective who is praying for what I have right now, what mm-hmm. this moment is, 
-hmm. what is it that they would be praying for? Mm -hmm. And how can I be grateful for that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think as a parent, um, you know, you all often worry that you're doing things terribly wrong. <laughs> and, <laughs> and particularly when you have teenagers that tolerate you in, in their lives, they and allow tell you, you and tell you you're doing everything wrong. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, they, they affirm that uh, we, you know, that feeling like I'm not adequate enough to raise these people and they're like, yeah, you're not. So I know better and I'll, I'll just tell you how to do it. But no, as a parent, I think some of your um, greatest moments of joy are when you can see maybe just a glimpse of the human being that the, that your children are being becoming. And I can tell in my girls, you know, they do have a more grateful disposition. And I, I can hear it in their speech. They're, they often express gratitude. They often say thank you for things in their lives. They don't, they don't take things. Um, they take things for granted. Let me, let me, let me be clear, but they, they are more appreciative. And I can, I, I only hope that that is from them seeing that as yeah. part of my life too. So, yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, I know that you have a uh, 30 minute or I'm sorry, a 60 minute uh, mm -hmm. free discovery call that you offer to people. I do. Yeah. So tell yes. us a bit about that. Yeah. So when I work with clients, first and foremost, I want to make sure that I'm a good fit for them and whatever their needs are. And the coaching process is about them, not me. I'm not there to provide them advice or offer solutions or do anything but lead them to their own answers and, and um, desires. So I always start with an assessment. I have a wellness assessment. My expertise is uh, supporting women who are seeking physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual balance in their lives. And I think for women, sometimes the hardest thing is identifying what balance looks like in their own life. We sometimes look at everybody around us and think we have to be that. And so one of our first things that we do is identify or try to identify what balance looks like in their life, and then try to incorporate more things that support that while reducing and eliminating things that don't. And so I have an assessment that we go through and um, work together on and, and determine whether or not I'm a good fit for them, because ultimately I want them to be happy and find peace and happiness and joy. And if I'm not the right person for that, then, then they owe it to themselves to find a coach who is more supportive yes. of them. And that's a great tool to be able to use with people because it really does help them to maybe uh, find answers already right in that session that they're not yeah. even aware of just because just going through that assessment with them. Yeah, yeah. It gives us a starting point for discussion, definitely. Good. Well, for people who want to learn more about Reagan and the work she does, visit seeingextraintheordinary.com. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back.
Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're talking with wellness life coach Reagan Balzer of Seeing Extra in the Ordinary. So, Reagan, just before the break, we've been talking about many things, but gratitude in particular. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that you kind of mentioned earlier is about how you know, whatever it is that we're putting into our mind or into mm-hmm. our brain is really what we're going to see more of. And I think it was around when we were talking about couples and being able to be grateful to see see the good in our spouse, especially mm-hmm. when we're struggling with each other. And mm-hmm. so let's talk about that a little bit, because I don't know. I think people understand it, but maybe not so much why it happens yeah. like that. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I, I'm fascinated by the brain and I'm fascinated how it, how it works. And I think it's so interesting. I mentioned earlier that it's really easy for us to keep a chronological list of all the bad things that happen in our lives, that when we practice gratitude, we actually shift that narrative. So the brain will believe whatever narrative we tell it. And so if we tell our brain that our husband is never takes the garbage out and he doesn't meet your needs and whatever it is that you are telling yourself about that circumstance, your brain will find evidence to support that narrative. And so it will recall to mind all of the times he has let you down, left you disappointed, hurt your feelings. And that chronological list just plays on repeat over and over and over again in your brain. And so in order to shift that, you have to write a new narrative and you have to create and recall instances that support a different narrative. And so recalling to mind times where he has, you know, made you feel special or appreciated or valued or whatever. And, and when you practice gratitude, you have that running list and you're rewriting that narrative so that your brain, when you have a thought, will recall that list as opposed to the more destructive and negative narrative that we so easily go back into. And so, you know, the brain will believe whatever story you tell it, you just have to tell it either a positive one or a negative one, and then it will seek evidence to support either narrative. Yes. And this is also true for what we tell ourselves about ourselves. 100%. Yes. Yes. So what are some of the messages that the women that you work with tend to tell themselves and how they can shift that? Yeah. A a lot of it is just, um, I'm not worthy of doing X, Y, and Z. I don't have the skill set to do X, Y, and Z. I look at her and she has all of these great skills and talents and I don't have that. And what happens is that when we see people, we often compare what we attribute as a weakness or a, or an attribute of ourselves that may not be as strong. We always 
compare that to what we perceive as someone else's strength or great, great talent. And so we're Isn't that amazing how we do that. We kind of compare the worst in us with the best in them. Regularly. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) regularly. But it's such a destructive pattern to get into. And once we get into that kind of, I call it rabbit hole thinking, it's really hard to bring ourselves out of that because it's just so destructive and it's so negative and it's so really, it just wrecks havoc on our entire emotional and mental welfare. And so a lot of times when I'm working with women, I try to help them identify what their narrative is and where is that belief coming from? What evidence do you have to support the fact that you don't have the ability to do X, Y, and Z? What is it that you have? What narrative are you telling yourself that you don't have the skills to do whatever your heart's desire? And, you know, truthfully, Candy, a lot of times the thing that holds most people back from achieving whatever it is their heart's desire is fear. And fear is such a sad and destructive place to be. We often keep ourselves in this comfort zone of fear because we're afraid of stepping out. We're afraid of looking different. We're afraid of what other people are going to think of us. We're afraid that you know, we're not going to have the skills and the talents to achieve whatever. And then we're going to look like an idiot. You know, we tell ourselves all of these things and, you know, that's really, really unhealthy thinking. And so we have to just be very aware and think about our thinking constantly and really take a minute and think about like, where is that thought coming from? And is that a healthy thought or is that a destructive and negative thought? And if it's, is it true? Is it really true? Is it true? Yeah. Is it true? And what evidence do I have to support the belief that that may be true? And if that's no longer working, if that belief is no longer working, then I owe it to myself to change that. So I'll share a little bit of a story with you. Every report card I ever had as a child was really kind of negative about my social aspect of my schooling. A lot of report cards, Reagan talks excessively in class, Reagan social, (laughs) Reagan's too talkative. And I remember my third grade teacher was really, really very, very hurtful. Um, She called me motor mouth, you know? And so those things that we hear as children often really shape and really put into us a lot of insecurities and a lot of doubts about who we are as a people and as a human. And it's funny because I've always, I know I have a unique voice. I know my voice carries, but because of those experiences that I had as a child, it really made me kind of hide and very consciously aware and almost in a shameful way, my socialness and my talkative nature and my ability to communicate with people or talk with strangers and that kind of thing. And now here I am using my voice and my, you know, experience to try and connect with people. And it's just because that thought no longer served me that thought of being a obnoxious, talkative over, you know, loud person 
that thought was really destructive to me. And so I just decided that it didn't serve me anymore. And so I'm going to change that. And I really feel, I think maybe I shared this with you the other day. I really feel that this path that I'm on was given to me so that I could use my voice to spread goodness and joy and happiness and offer goodness to those that I interact with on a day-to-day basis. That is beautiful. And you know, it's so funny because believe it or not, and most people would never believe this, but I was excessively shy when I was Mm -hmm. a kid and I Mm -hmm. never wanted to speak up, especially in grade school. Mm -hmm. And so I was one of the people who was wishing I was Mm -hmm. like the girl who was like you in class. Mm -hmm. And my teacher was like, (laughs) I wish you would quiet down, girl. I can't tell you how many hours I spent out in the hallway because I was talking too much. (laughs) And then you talked to everybody who walked by. So it really didn't help. (laughs) It didn't. No, it it certainly didn't. And we both find, I'm sure, as we're working with clients, that a lot of the things that we're holding on to at age 40, at age 50, Mm -hmm. are still things, are still messages that we received when we were kids. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Like I said, you know, that experience. And I have to say, like, to my teacher's credit, I was sociable. And I don't think that their comments and need for me to be quiet was in any way, their intention wasn't to hurt me. But because it was repeated often enough, and consistently enough, you start to take that on and you start to believe like, well, maybe I am really annoying. Maybe I do have an obnoxious voice. Maybe people don't want to listen to me. And so you start to harbor these kind of insecurities. And then again, going back to the brain, when you're in a situation, a social situation 20 years later, and you're looking around and you're trying to fit in and you feel like a little bit of an insecurity about, oh, maybe I was being too loud. Then that negative narrative starts and yep, your teachers were right. You're too talkative. You're too loud. You're, you know, all of those things. And so, yeah, you have to really, really, sometimes you have to do a lot of hard work to change that mindset or those narratives that are on auto repeat in our brain, but I really feel like we're worth it. You know, we're worth doing the hard work. And I just want to empower more women to do that and to really set their emotional needs and their joy and their happiness. It's time to make them a priority. We as women sometimes neglect our own personal needs because of life and the things that we're responsible for. And I think my hope is that through working with them, that they recognize their value. Well, I hope that people will reach out to you who are maybe in that situation themselves. And if you are interested in learning more about what Reagan does and to set up a free 60-minute discovery call, discovery coaching call with Reagan, Visit seeingextraintheordinary.com. Reagan, thank you so much for being with us today. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Yes, thank you, Candy. I just want to express my heartfelt appreciation and gratitude to you. And I just really, really appreciate you extending the invitation and having me on today. 
Well, thank you for joining our conversation today as we awaken to natural health. You've been listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and I am wishing for you a lovely day. Love the day, love the day, love the day, love the day.